This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Talking about one option that they have at point guard, James Harden, obviously, but they could have some other options. They didn't get the the prized number one overall pick and the rights to Victor Wimbanyama in this NBA draft lottery earlier in the week. We already know that, of course. And so the debate and discussion, one that we had that night and one that we'll continue to have until the draft, but I think we've had a couple of days, a couple of nights now to let it marinate and digest it and to kind of think about it. I know you posed this question to me while we were doing the show about trading up with that pick, uh, you know, number four, number 20, and maybe some combination of your Brooklyn picks, finding, you know, offering to, to... to take on salary of bad contracts, whatever you got to do to move up into that top three, possibly two with Charlotte, whatever you can do to get yourself an opportunity to get one of those three players. Obviously you're not going to get Victor, but one of those other two players in Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, who is kind of separated from what else you could get at four. Now that we thought about it for a little while, or and, and I'm, I'm just going to say off top, I'm, you kind of sold me on that right then and there, and I've been leaning into it ever since then, this idea that you would trade up into the top three. I don't know how possible or how feasible it is. Don't have a great sense for Charlotte's and Portland's appetite to trade for you, but where are you right now on the, at this moment on what the Rockets should do with the number four overall pick? So I think Portland is definitely – that pick is for sale with them. The problem is that the Rockets wouldn't necessarily have – what Portland would want in a trade because Portland is going to want vets who will help that team win now if they were to move that pick and the Rockets don't have that. So you kind of have to say that that that's not really much of a possibility. Charlotte is interesting. And I talked to someone who has, you know, dealt with them before and basically it kind of seems like they're, they don't want to move the pick. It kind of seems like they would be more than content with taking Brandon Miller. I kind of think that they should trade LaMelo, take Scoot Henderson, and really just start over and start the clock over again with a new and they're gonna have, they're gonna sell the team probably pretty soon and so if you're a new owner you don't have to deal with the with the lamello ball contract extension so uh, i think that that would be the way to go but i, I don't see them doing that so i think that they're just kind of gonna be left there at four and they're gonna either have to make a decision whether they can you know trade that pick for a player maybe trade down, you know, the possibilities are there. It's a really difficult decision because this is kind of the one spot that you didn't really want to be in. You want, you know, one was that that's one obviously is the grand prize of the whole thing. Two and three are pretty solid consolations, but once you get to four, that's where all the question marks come in. And I think if they make the pick there at four, it's a really tough call. And I think that, the Thompson twins are probably, they have the highest ceiling, 
but this is a team that is wanting to win next year. Are the Thompson twins or is either Thompson twin going to be able to help you win next year? I think the answer to that is probably no. So do you, you know, remember Sacramento was in the exact same spot last year at four, the Kings were looking to win. So they took the high floor, low ceiling guy in Keegan Murray that worked out pretty well. Plus they didn't need Jaden Ivy because they already had De'Aaron Fox, but the Kings were a whole lot closer than the Rockets are. So if you're the Rockets, are you going, you know, with the higher floor, low ceiling guy um, in order to try and win games this year? So I, I do wonder, I, I wonder how different the thinking would be for them if they didn't owe the picks to Oklahoma City. Like if they had full control of their 2024 draft pick, I wonder if the equation looks a little different than it does right now. And I think that that's the danger with this whole thing. You almost have to, for the betterment of your team moving forward, you almost have to say, you know what? We just need to go out and get the best player. And if it hurts us this season, it hurts us this season, and we made a bad trade, and now we have to live with it. And that, that happens sometimes. So I've, I, I've been, I've, I watched a little bit. I didn't get to watch very much, but uh, the kid from, uh, from central Florida, Taylor Hendricks, I've watched the first, basically, I haven't had a chance to, to watch enough of it, but like the first 10 minutes of the game against U of H, the one that they played in Orlando. And because Hendricks kind of fits what they need, he can shoot. He's got good size. He's, you know, he's got some versatility to him. But he, he made a lot just within like the first four minutes. He made a lot of mistakes. And I'm talking about he missed all. He, he completely whiffed on a box out. He's turning the ball over. He's making mistakes defensively on shooters. It, it, it was not the first four minutes of that game. He, but he made a couple threes. And, you know, for the Rockets, that's, that's really what they could use. So it's a, I think for them, it's such a tough call. It, this is such a tough position to be in. You know, last year, it was easy. You were going to take the guy of uh, Jabari, Chet, and Paolo. Whichever one was left over, that was going to be the guy that you that you were going to wind up taking. They knew early on in 2021 that they were going to get Jalen Green. Now this is where it becomes very, very difficult. Yeah, man. I, I thought we were going to have – and I, it, it sucks because I was hoping we would have a longer conversation about the possibilities with the trade. But you are probably right there where – it could be in their best interest in both teams that being Charlotte and Portland to not trade that pick, you know, like they're both, both of those teams are in a position where they could actually use a player or one of the players that would be available there to them. Now, Portland, like you say, is, is might be willing to shop it, but then there's an issue of what do you have? Like, what do you have to offer Portland exactly? Um, and, and so I, I guess my thought too, though, was, before we move on is also like, is that, is there a way to use that pick along obviously with 20 and your hodgepodge of Brooklyn picks and just anything else that you got to maybe try to lure a star. That's probably that that's, that's another issue. I think with the pick that we should point out here on this podcast to Adam is that that number four pick is also like, it's also not valuable for the same reason why you would want to trade it, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like somebody's going to give you something that changes your franchise for that pick. Because if they would, you probably would be more interested in it, right? You'd probably be more interested in, in, in taking a player there. So that, that's another point of conflict for them. But it would be great if that, if that was more of a conversation. Just like we saw, you know, football's totally different. But just like you saw the Texans package their extra some of their extra assets to go up and get a guy that they really wanted um and, and in a draft that might turn out to be top heavy to begin with you know 
similar situation here where it's like if you're picking at the top of the draft, you really want to be picking at the top of the draft because once you get after three, it's a lot more of a crapshoot. I have, I will say, I have admired. Uh, I know you, I know fans can work your nerves a little bit, but it's been it has been hilarious. I would say to watch like the complete change in discourse amongst the people that 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 follow the rockets and root for the rockets from like praying for victor and all of the victor and scoot photoshops and like now i'm and thompson might as well be jason kidd or magic johnson or penny hardaway reincarnated like I, i've never seen a heel turn quite like that well uh, this is what it was last year with bancaro and jabari where everyone just assumed that hey it's, it's gonna be bancaro here let's get get your bancaro jerseys and then within what 10 minutes it completely flipped so it's it's funny how that stuff works but you're it's it's such the the drop off after three is so steep and it's it's tough and, and the thing is they won the coin toss you know it's it's been a coin toss the last three years for them to be able to keep the top four just to stay in the top four they've won the coin toss three straight years and this was not the year to, this is the year you wanted to lose the coin toss because it just you know four just doesn't get you a whole lot now hey maybe maybe one of the tops and twins blows a team away maybe portland is blown away by by amin thompson or you know something like that maybe portland is kind of in the keegan murray thing you know they they want somebody who's going to help them right away although i think henderson and miller will probably be able to do that so it's just it's it's a really tough spot it's a really tough spot to be in um it, it's somewhat similar remember uh in 19 when the lakers made the trade for anthony davis they had four as well and they still had to throw in uh, Anthony. Uh, they still had to throw in Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart and more picks to make that trade work. So sometimes just four, it sounds good. It, you know, it, it looks great to say that you have the fourth pick in the draft, but sometimes just it's not worth nearly as much as the pick before it. And that's kind of the situation that they're in. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching more of these guys because, you know, I saw Brandon Miller a lot at Alabama. Uh, I'm not going to worry about watching Scoot Henderson tape at this point because he's not going to fall fall to them. But I'm really interested to see the Twins. Um, saw a little bit of Anthony Black uh, at, at Arkansas. They went on a, on a tournament run. But the, the problem that they have um, is the three-point guards. You know, the two Thompson Twins plus Anthony Black is that big weaknesses for those guys, it's the shooting. shooting. And yep. that's what they really need. You know, if they want to win games, if they want to get somebody who's going to help them win games next year, it's really hard to take a non-shooter. It's just going to be very difficult to do that. Um, Anthony Black could probably help them in other ways. Anthony Black went through an SEC schedule, and the SEC was very, very good last year. But the shooting is going to be what hurts. I mean, he's 6'6". He's, he's got great size for, for that position, uh, he, and he knows how to play the position. Yep. But again – the shooting is going to be what holds them back. So, hey, may, maybe these guys are better shooters. Maybe they, it's something that they are really working on as we get through the draft process, and maybe they shoot it better than people realize. But that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, hey, they want to draft the point guard. I think that's great, but they need some shooting. And if they want to try and win some games next year, they need shooting. And really, the best shooter out of the guys who I would expect to be available would be Taylor Hendricks. And I don't know if that's the type of guy that you're taking it for. Yeah, it's just a damn shame that you don't have anything to trade with with Portland because Brandon Miller actually really feels the need that you have. I think more than anything, as as if you're the Rockets, like I feel like Brandon Miller. If if you obviously if you can't get one of those 
uh, you know, Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama. Like Brandon Miller is not only just the next best player on the board, but he also does fit a very specific need. We talked about that too on the podcast. How both Scoot and Brandon Miller would slot in right in places where they're presumably weak or could stand to get a lot stronger. So, so that that part of it is is something. But but you mentioned, yeah. I just want to reiterate because you hit the, you hit on the point that's really the main when I think about these prospects. Like I. I am more of an Anthony Black over Thompson guy or over the Thompson twins, but that's just because I watched more college basketball than I've watched overtime elite. And I, and I understand it better. I don't really understand what's going on with these overtime elite guys. It's a new concept. I can clearly see that he's super athletic and gifted and is going to be an NBA player, but. It's I not the like- basketball. I mean, let's, let's just be flat out the G league and overtime elite. It's not, it, it, you know, it, it's going to help you in certain areas, but you're not playing competitive basketball. You're just not. You know, you're not playing in high leverage games. You know, Anthony Black is playing in the SEC. He's yeah. playing against really good SEC teams, and you know, he's playing for conference championships. He was conference in the tournament, NCAA he, tournament. He, you know, he beat they, he beat Kansas in the NCAA tournament. He played against uh, the team that won the national championship in the NCAA tournament. Like you can't replicate that in yeah. the G League. You can't replicate that by playing in the overtime elite. And so, I don't think you learn as much about these prospects who are playing in that type of a situation because it's just not the same. You know, again, those rules are closer to NBA rules. You're playing against older guys, but it's just, it's completely different. And the intensity is so different than what you're going to see when you play college basketball. So my, my hope, my hope is that now with NIL, that these guys go to college and they play college basketball just because I think first of all, it'd be great for, for the college game, but it would put these guys in competitive environments. It would put them under the microscope because you go and you play in the G League. Nobody's watching you. Nobody cares, you know, what you do. But if you're playing in college, then there's some pressure. Well, I want to see how you deal with the pressure of being on the number one team in the nation and how you deal with playing against a really good team. How do you deal with playing in, you know, the NCAA tournament? How, how do you deal with that? And you're just not getting that same sort of intensity. You're not playing in the, that that same high leverage spot when you're playing in, uh, in, in, in the G league and, you know, Anthony black, I thought he was pretty good in the NCAA tournament. And that shows me a lot. You know, if you can, if you can play well in that environment, that shows me a whole lot about you as a player. Yeah. I'm on the Anthony. I've been on the Anthony black thing, even since before I knew that they were going to be in a position where they had to make these decisions. I was obviously hoping that the, that it would go differently and it wouldn't come down to this, but I've talked about Anthony Black being the guy that I'm high on just because of those very reasons. Like I don't like these guys that go and play in the G League or or you know Ignite or or Overtime Elite. I basically just look at them as folks who go become influencers until they can go to the NBA because being an influencer is more profitable than necessarily going to college until recently, you know, where now you've got NIL kind of to your point now that there is NIL, maybe they just go to college. But I just I don't really fully understand how to evaluate that and and honestly don't have the time to go to seek it out. Like I'm watching college basketball on purpose, whether I'm looking at it through a Rockets lens or not. I I consume that on purpose as a matter of either tradition or habit or whatever you want to call it. But that's that's where I watch basketball players who don't play in the NBA. And it used to be that that's where they started. That's where they went before they got to the NBA. Now you might find them anywhere. But but Anthony Black, man, it, that that's the one that I really like. But I've talked to this. I've talked about this with other uh, Rockets media and fans and people who are kind of looking at this. It's like, man, 
But do you like him at four? Like you like him as a player, but do you like him at four, especially if he can't shoot? So it's like, man, the guys that you would even like and could help you and could fill a need also don't do a thing well that important guys on your team right now don't necessarily do well. Like Jabari Smith Jr., I expect to be a much better shooter eventually at some point. It looks like it's all there. But he wasn't a great shooter this year. You know, he got better over time, but he wasn't a great shooter this year. That's just the facts. And then Jalen Green, for me, the biggest outside of the actual shot selection itself, the biggest question mark on him is a player from whether he can go from what he is and, you know, good to good to great is the jump shot. Like if he can get a more a much more consistent jump shot, like watch out, he's going to be one of the better. He's going to be like an all NBA type of guy if that jump shot starts to work. So, you know, it, but but you've already got guys like that on your team that you've just drafted. To draft in another guy who can't shoot onto a team that is one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA is just is just daunting to me. Can I propose a trade? Yes. Um, Orlando has six and eleven. So how about four and twenty for six and eleven? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Four and twenty for six and eleven. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think Orlando would probably. I don't think Orlando wants the two picks, especially one at twenty. But if if let's say because Orlando is kind of in a position where they can get a little aggressive, you know, and they can maybe go for the higher ceiling guy because the rest of that roster already is pretty good and they've got plenty of cap space. So you say, hey, you can go take one of the Thompson twins and you can let them grow a little bit while you know you try and win some games next year. And the Rockets get a couple, get you know another lottery pick. You know, they move down two spots. I don't think there's much of a difference between four and six in this draft. And, and then they get 11 to go on top of it. I don't know. I just yeah. No, I, I actually like it. Uh, but what's weird about it is that somehow, because it feels like I'm talking out of both ends from this standpoint of not wanting a player at four, but, uh, but also like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm completely out on a player at 20, you know, like I don't want anything that I've like, I feel like I've been down that road already, but you know, the, the, the idea that I don't want to play at four, but yeah, move me up from 20 to 11, you know, like, you know, it's just kind of, just kind of a weird thing to think about with the draft and, and where you think the, the Rockets could actually hit. But, uh, but I mean, and, and I'm trying to. Well, I, let, let me just put it out. Let me just put it this way. Okay. Let's say, because like somebody like Grady Dick is somebody who would help the Rockets, you know, yes. Grady Dick can shoot the ball. Like yes. that, that would be helpful. You're not taking him at four, though. Right. You wouldn't take him at six. But you know what? You could take 11. him at 11. For sure. That's a and, good point. So, so, like, if you – let's say Orlando wants one of the Thompson twins. You could tell them, hey, we'll give you we'll give you four so you can take the Thompson twin. Give us six. Then maybe you can take Anthony Black in that spot. And then the Rockets can say, you know what? At 11, we'll, we'll, take, uh, we'll, we'll take Kobe Dick, you know? So I think that's where it, it becomes a little bit interesting because – Somebody, you know, Grady Dick's not, he's not going to be there at 20. I think the Rockets kind of went through this with A.J. Griffin last year. I don't know if they were interested in A.J. Griffin, but he would have been a perfect fit because he was a guy who could really shoot the ball at Duke. That would have been a perfect guy for them, but he wasn't going to last 
till 17. And so they lost him because he wound up going, it was a few picks before um, 17. He got drafted by Atlanta. So that's the type of guy that you can get at 11 and he fills a role for you right away. He'd be able to play for you right away, but you're just, you're not taking him at four. You'd be crazy to take him at four. So that's why I kind of am of this, of the idea like, Hey, try to, you know, take that four, you know, get, make that pick in the top five or around the top five, but then try and move into the back of the lottery to get somebody who might be able to help you more than a guy who would help you at 20. So moving into the back end of the lottery, I think would help them. I just don't know if they would do it. And, and again, it would wind up giving them nine first round picks in a three year span, which is just absolutely absurd, but they're going to have nine first round picks in the, you know, they're, they're going to wind up doing that anyways. But I think it's just an interesting, there, there are so many different options that they have with this pick and with this draft. And so I, I don't think that you can, you know, say no to any of them at this point, you got to at least have a meeting. Yeah. Well, and this goes to a point that we were making again on the last couple of episodes, but is worth reiterating this is a time for rafael stone to really sort of prove himself you know this is where the job gets hard we both made the point that he's done a lot of the easy stuff well a lot of the stuff that pretty much any qualified person in that position could have probably done Uh, but now are the times where when you got unlucky now it's time to kind of get good and to get creative and thoughtful with with how you go about building out the rest of this team so i think that's a I just think it's just a really interesting time and turn of events from, you know, going from what Rockets fans would have preferred, which is you get a player that's so easy to and so just clearly the guy to draft to where it matters a lot less who your GM is. Now you just you've got a guy who elevates you so much to where now all your GMs got to do is not completely screw it up to where now you've fallen out of that opportunity to where you really need your general manager to have some sort of ingenuity about himself and and kind of really figure out what's going on here.